0: Sounds Like Europe, Cross-Border Podcasting.
1: Hello and welcome to Sounds Like Europe, Cross-Border Podcasting, a project brought to you by WIPA. I am your host, Javi Caminero, and I would like to start this episode thanking everyone who listened to the first one and has decided to stick around. On today's episode, I want to tackle a topic that can be a bit difficult but one that is definitely very important for the podcasting industry in Europe. Uh, I am going to talk to you about the intersection of press freedom and the podcasting industry in the Balkans. I am joined by someone who can help me understand everything regarding this matter. Andrea Nesevic, a Bosnian journalist from News Decoder, our French partner in WePod. Hello, Andrea.
0: Hello, Javier.
1: Nice having you. Andrea, as I said, you are from Bosnia, but currently you split your time between Brussels and Paris. So tell me, what's your story? How did you end up working in podcasting and in WiPot? I started as a journalist in the radio, uh, just after finishing
0: my studies. And afterwards, I worked as a broadcast journalist at a TV for over 10 years. Then I moved to Paris. Uh, I started working for a newspaper Uh, as a local journalist and afterwards I started to listen to the podcast. It was something very connected to the broadcast journalism back then and then I simply started to work to go more further in the podcast uh, industry. I started my own podcast about women in power in Europe Mm -hmm. just uh, the moment when the war in Ukraine started. So I was talking, I had guests as a women who were in a different political parties, difficult, different positions, uh, who I talked to about the European scene in politics uh, and uh, general. And this is what brought me actually to the VPOD. Mm-hmm. Just uh, one year after, I started to work as a communication manager and in the podcast and the VPOD project.
1: Mm-hmm. And for me and for the audience that doesn't know a lot about the, the podcast industry in the in the Balkans, can you describe it for, for the European listeners?
0: Yeah, actually, there are around 200 podcasts in the Balkan region, slowly steering to life. But that's a very challenging journey because people are still accustomed to watching TV and tend to trust it more. Why is that? Because before we always um, it's some different generations who we we never listen to the radio really there are a very small uh, percentage of people who listen to the radio because we listen even the music and everything on the tv so this is something that just was naturally was more attractive to the people when i speak for example with colleagues from the Balkan, they often tell me that tackling other topics is a very tough sell because it's harder to monetize them. That's why I think the podcast industry in Balkans, it's it's in a very difficult position, let's say, like that. Also, they have another problem. It's lack of advanced recording technology, primarily due to its high cost. Access to quality equipment remains a challenge for many podcasters over there. And then there is the issue of of education. Mm -hmm. Balkans really suffers from a lack of general media education. Journalism students often find themselves without mentors to guide them. I personally experienced this gap during my time as a journalist in Bosnia. While all my European colleagues attended conferences, workshops, networking events, opportunities for learning and professional growth in the Balkans are sparse. Very difficult situation, especially for the education, let's say like that.
1: And on top of this, I believe also the the political situation there in the Balkans, hasn't been quite helpful to, to press freedom, right?
0: That's another topic that's very uh, hard to explain to, to the world, actually. Let's say that over th- last 25 years, even 30, the political situation in the Balkan hasn't been conducted to press freedom. In many cases, it's pr- practically, it's non-existent. As a journalist working for a tv station i've been given for example strict orders on who i can report about and how i should do it Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to people in position of power you might argue that this kind of interference exists everywhere but the difference is that in other parts of europe you have media and press regulations independent outlets Mm -hmm. and laws to protect the press freedom in the balkans it's often down to a single person handful of them as we see in bosnia it's very difficult to work in that kind of environment where even the law is not respected. Even the small laws that we have, we do have press regulations, for example, Mm -hmm. but they are not followed by any media over there.
1: Uh, You recently have been talking to someone who has lived uh, the consequences of working in in a situation like this where freedom of press is either restricted or non-existent. Tell us uh, about the story of, of Lyudmila Jankovic.
0: Uh, Lyudmila Jankovic, she's my colleague, first of all, she's a podcast host. She's an editor, a journalist for the Press Freedom Foundation in Serbia. She's someone who has more experience uh, in the podcasting world in the Balkans. And um, she's who is in the center of press freedom in all the Balkans, especially in Serbia. She's an accomplished professional. Uh, she excels as a professor of English, journalism, TV show uh, host. She's polyglot, bo- blogger, and an artist mm-hmm. with a deep appreciation for music, art, and travel. She's a remarkable woman of success and ambition. This is what we And now we can start uh, to listen, maybe what she said about uh situation in Press freedom in the Balkans and all the older region, actually.
2: The point is that I always fought for the truth and always worked in independent media. When they stopped being that, and there were some, especially in the case of television, I moved on. I'm only interested in the truth, no matter what. Press freedom is one of the most important things in journalism, if not the most important.
1: About the the current state of press freedom in the Balkans, Ljutmila's opinion is quite direct.
2: There is no press freedom in the Balkans, or very little. Media that fight for the truth are anatomized by the state, of course, because they criticize it. They do not receive any funds, so they manage in all possible ways within the framework of tenders and other available assistance not connected to any conditions except truth which is the most important in everything especially journalism
1: in a situation as complicated as this and there what would you say is the biggest challenge journalists can find when trying to do their job
0: actually is to tell the truth i think that it's very complicated when you have the editors actually every journal- base of journalism is to report about the event or the um, situation as it is, as they see it uh, in the on the ground. Let's say like that. There, it's completely different story. I have been working the, as a journalist there in newsrooms. Uh, I go to the press conference. It's a political party, for example, having the press press conference. You come to the studio. You want to record uh, the the topic. You want to um, say. Uh, just report the truth, what was said on that uh, press conference. That's not possible. When you, do your, when you write your text, you go to the editor, editor makes it as it's more suitable to the TV station on that moment. And this mm-hmm.
1: is what you report about. Okay, so let's listen. How, how did sees see this, this matter?
2: Funding. If you have no funds, you have no independence. Nobody sees you and you have to be present. But if you get government funding, you don't have independence, that's for sure. Today's media here under the baton of the state are only transmitters of the dictates of those in power, nothing else. So, in their case, we can't talk about journalism, even less about press freedom.
1: The podcast industry is pretty much taking off in Serbia, and obviously the lack of press freedom could harm its growth. And according to Ljudmila, this is how the podcast industry in Serbia is is looking right now.
2: The podcast is still in its infancy here. People don't really understand the meaning and the form of the podcast although it is actually a form of one-man show or an interview. It might be gaining some popularity, but uh, among the younger population. You have to understand that uh, we live in a highly controlled society, which leads to total erosion of media freedom. In my humble opinion, especially here, there is a lot of room for quality podcasts to inform people about the truth because they don't even realize how much they need it.
1: Podcasts, however, can be seen as a unique way of gaining press freedom in a context where information can be heavily altered by those in power. Empowering independent podcasters could be a strong step towards getting a more convenient situation on this matter. Do you think podcasts could be a tool to gain press freedom?
0: Yes and no. Uh, yes, okay. in Europe, not in uh, balkans it's uh, we are all under pressure of political party over there or under pressure of TV stations or uh, the we don't have independent journalism it's very rare it's very I can count ten journalists who are independent journalists in Balkans, all balkans and this is um, mm-hmm. to succeed to have podcast industry growing over there. And to gain press freedom, we have to start with education. Like I said before, education is a key. Uh, regulation is a key. But we, it's been 25 years we are not having that. Journalists are afraid. They are afraid for their own life. They, were, they have been threatened every day.
1: Okay, let's listen to Tudy Mila's take on, on this, because it goes very much on the, on the same page as, as what you have been telling me.
2: Podcasts could be the perfect tool for discussions on press freedom and journalism. You just need to find real experts and real journalists, not those who serve the state's truth. Surely there are some, but their visibility, that is audibility, would have to be much higher. I think that for now such podcasts have very little impact A serious strategy is needed for something like this to reach many more people in Balkans.
1: In order to make the podcast industry stronger, engaging new audience is quite important. That could as well lead to a more independent and healthy press environment. Nevertheless, there's always a big doubt regarding this this issue. How can the podcast industry engage new audience, especially young people, in a context like the current one on the Balkans? Uh, I'd like to know your take on this Andrea and then we'll listen to Tuljut Miles.
0: I think what I saw in the podcast industry uh, in Europe uh, that could be maybe helpful for the Bosnia for Serbia all the Balkans actually countries is that we could um, educate people on different ways. I'm not talking here about uh, university education. This is very important. We are still le- learning our students how to uh, learn about media as an old system we give them a book they learn it by by word and we talk about it so this is not we need workshops we need networkings we need first tv hosts journalists um reporters um podcast hosts to come to the students and teach them how to do their job and this is how we are going to make young people wish to to listen to the more podcasts, let's say, to engage with that industry, to uh, start believing in that press freedom and the media in general. There are young people who have no idea what the podcast is right now. And this is a very scary situation for the media industry in the Balkans.
2: Educate them and to do it through topics that interest them make them aware of how important the truth is. However, since education and everything else in our country and in the Balkans has been systematically destroyed for decades, that work is long lasting and very painful. Education is the key. Young people are not stupid and see much more than we think. I think that many more forums and lectures should be held on this topic, so that even young people understand how big the problem is.
1: It's difficult to to predict what the future holds to podcasting and to press freedom as a whole in a zone like the Balkans. And Lyudmila is aware that the future depends on the development of press freedom.
2: We in the Balkans do not know what will happen in six months, not what the trends will be in the future. The very word future already makes me say that if very soon things do not change in terms of freedom, not only of the media, but in general, the very meaning of the word future is called into question.
0: Yes, I can agree with Ludmila that it's a very difficult um, period in Balkans for the press freedom and that everything depends on the development of press freedom. Can we develop it? As per my opinion it's a very long trip that we would take and i'm not sure we're going to come to the end in near future
1: when it comes to claiming or demanding press freedom international cooperation can be crucial and andrea you also discussed this with with Lyudmila, right
0: yes we discussed that um as both working in the journalism sector and especially we are uh, she working in the podcast industry and me as a broadcast journalist back then we all both agreed somehow that um international corporation is very much needed but very much unexistent, let's say and uh it's it's something what it's the first step for me for uh, to get some press freedom in Balkans in general, but I think Ljudmila also agrees with me.
1: Thanks to to Ljudmila Jankovic, a journalist with the Press Freedom Foundation in Serbia, for her time and for explaining to us how journalism can be damaged when press freedom is restricted. Thanks also to you, Andrea, for coming to Sounds Like Europe to shed some light on this topic. Before we end the episode, Andrea, I would like to ask you three questions. What's the most important podcast in your country right now?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say that it's the most important for what is the podcast that I'm listening the most, let's say. Uh, it's the RMC radio podcast. It's the show about politics. It's uh, social um social topics it's daily topics it's uh, real life problems let's say mostly in France. so it's something that i really like to
1: listen and when's your favorite moment to to listen to to any podcast this one you you have just told me or, or any other podcast
0: actually uh, it's in the morning while i'm uh, taking the while i'm going on my way to work uh, or i am at home i just woke up and I love to listen to podcasts. This is my favorite moment. It's something what makes my brain works uh, faster in the morning.
1: And just to, to end the interview, what's something that makes you stop everything and listen to a podcast?
0: So why I would stop everything and uh, what is the moment that I would stop everything and listen to the podcast is if, it's if there is some very hot topic going on in the world. And I know that this TV show, this podcast show is going to get out right now or is going to be in two hours or something. Uh, I would listen to it. I'm still a journalist from the newsroom. So this is uh, the hot topics are always, uh, always get my attention, let's say like that.
1: So uh, Andrea Nesevich, journalist at News Decoder, our French partner in WiPad, Thanks a lot for being here on this episode of Sounds Like Europe.
0: Thank you so much. And it was really the pleasure to be your guest.
1: Okay, take care. And to everyone on the other side, I've been your host, Javi Caminero. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll do it again in two weeks. Bye bye.
0: Sounds Like Europe Cross Border Podcasting is a WePod podcast funded by the Creative Europe program. Hosted and written by Javi Caminero, sound design by Manu Tomio, coordinator Alexander Damiano Ricci, executive producer Anna
1: Ribera. Thank you.